as service providers, as consultants, we need to start doing the things that we're doing for our clients and taking ourselves seriously and taking our, our business seriously. So if you're implementing funnel to your client and that funnel works, why not do it for yourself? Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name's Femke. And my name's Charlie. And surprise, surprise, we actually have a very special guest on the show today. So joining us is Moitza Zove, and she is a Facebook ads expert. We have been following each other online for a long time, and we just thought that it'd be fun to bring on a guest today to talk about a topic that Femke and I know nothing about. And so we're going to get a lot of knowledge from Moitza. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Moitza is a creator herself as well. Uh, you've been running your own business for a while now, right? Yeah. To be honest, I don't know for how many years. <laughs> I always mess up the years. I have a date That's somewhere. maybe a good sign. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it, Even the fact that I'm talking about years, I think it's a good sign. That's awesome. And why Facebook ads? Like, Why did you choose this as your subject matter to focus on and to get really good at? Yeah. So I was previously working at an advertising agency, which was like very classic, traditional advertising oriented uh, agency, meaning newspaper ads and TV ads and radio ads. And that was, I think, in 2011. And I already started noticing that our clients at the agency were nudging towards Facebook, Uh, not just Facebook, like organic posting and Facebook pages and like the typical social media management, but they were insisting that we try Facebook ads. However, the agency that I was working at, they like, they wanted to stay traditional. They didn't want to try any digital social media or anything like that. So when I got fired from that agency, that to me was an opportunity to kind of show them (laughs) like payback time. I love it. Prove them wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I started with like, I got the feeling that there is a genuine need for someone to run Facebook advertising campaigns or even like social media because I started with social media, uh, but then I transitioned into Facebook advertising because more and more people were asking about uh, Facebook ads. And it's it's such an intense topic. It goes in depth. And yeah, if I wanted to learn and really become good at Facebook ads, I needed to focus on that particular topic and not do everything at once. I love that. That's what we always, you know, talk about on the show, right? Is picking your niche and going all in on it. So that's really cool. Um, and the reason we're, we're really interested in, in having you on here today is because personally, I can see this potential of Facebook ads for designers. Like there's a lot of freelancers out there, right? Competing for with each other for jobs. And, you know, it's, it's a tough market. And I'm sure that there could be a way for designers to be using Facebook ads to get in front of more clients and to sort of like rise to the top there. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to hear your advice <laughs> on it. First of all, do you think that's a thing designers should be doing? Is that something you've seen before? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm personally not a designer, but I'm also someone who provides services. So someone who works with clients. So I do fall somehow in a similar category of service providers. And 
I used Facebook ads, like I'm not using them right now, but back when I was starting out, I used Facebook ads to establish some sort of a name for myself and to present Super Spice Media to others. But the difference between what I did and what other people were telling me to do was like, it was so incredibly different. So the articles that I read were always, yeah, just launch a Facebook advertising campaign promoting your services to strangers practically. Um, and that never worked. So I decided, you know what? The better approach is if I actually teach people something and they recognize my expertise through my writing, through my teaching, and then them, themselves decide to actually contact me, um, ask about my services, and essentially start working with me. So I took the other way around that was, at the end, more profitable for me, and not just profitable, but I think that I established a different kind of relationship with the end customer and with the end client that I would if I were just to promote my services. So I always talk about, when it comes to Facebook ads, I always talk about building a relationship and um, just kind of establishing a relationship based on trust. Um, and that's how I approach things with Facebook ads, and that's something that I would also recommend to designers essentially yeah I love like we talk a lot on the show about like building an audience like organically right and like like you just mentioned you did your writing and things like that and you kind of organically build this audience or attract clients but I think it's really interesting how you're talking about like using Facebook ads also to build that organically and doing that in like a really authentic way I think ads often gets a bit of a bad rep that it's like, you know, shady, scammy, it's like really like outreach. Um, but it sounds to me like you have this approach or the strategy to uh, approach Facebook ads in that authentic, organic way, uh, which is really interesting to hear. And I think for our audience and the people that listen to this podcast, they're looking to build that that audience or, or reach out those clients organically. So it's great to hear that Facebook ads can work in that way as well. Yeah, and I think they get a bad rep because of marketers in general. Right. They promote it in that way as well, to be honest. It's yucky when you see all those like growth marketers advertising on Facebook. I don't like that either. That's why I, and I know that my clients don't like that either. They like a more honest approach that's based, like I said, on, on trust, on mutual respect. Um, and that's how I essentially, when I did launch Facebook ads for super spicy media and started presenting myself as a Facebook ads expert, I went the other way around because that's what clients were looking for, for someone that like to build a relationship with, for someone to work long-term with. Essentially, that's how I got rid of that yucky aspect of Facebook advertising. Yeah, so essentially it's like, Ads are only, I don't know, all self-promo-y and, and, and pushy if you choose them to be. Like, you could promote whatever you wanted. And if you wanted to promote, like, what I think you're saying is your teaching content to get in front of people, then that's your way in. I love that. It makes so much sense to me. Because, of course, you're not going to just hire a freelancer from one ad, right? You're not. Like, it, it's, it's like the long play. You've got to hit them a few different times from a few different angles, probably. Yeah, I, I typically like to view it from my client's perspective. So if they were to see an ad for a Facebook ads expert, like hire me, hire me on Facebook, they would scroll past it. However, 
if they would see, let's say, an ad that talks about one of the biggest issues that my clients are dealing with when it comes to Facebook ads. For example, how to generate a first sale with Facebook ads, how to consistently generate profit with Facebook ads, and then maybe have an article and break that down. Like, here's what you need to be careful of. They would click on that ad because they would be genuinely interested in that topic. They would read through it and think to themselves, wow, this girl knows what she's talking about. Like she gave me all of that knowledge. Let's maybe subscribe to her newsletter. Um, let's like, I don't know, check her other resources and then we'll kind of stay in contact. That's how I got a lot of my clients essentially as well through content. Whenever I ask them, like, how did you find me? They're like, I subscribed to your newsletter after reading a couple of blog posts. I noticed that what I read from you was actually true. Tried implementing that. I knew that it, I saw that it worked. That's why I contacted you. And I think the same kind of principle could be um, applied to designers. So not just promoting yourself as, hey, look at my portfolio, I'm a good designer, hire me. But essentially like, I don't know if you, let's say that you do brand identity, you would maybe break that down saying, hey, here's what I do. Here's typically how I would approach it. Hey, are you struggling with this and that? Here's what to do. So just giving some, like giving knowledge away essentially for free. And people find that counterintuitive. Whenever, I, whenever I'm asked, like, how do you promote yourself? I tell them I promote my blog articles. And they're like, blog articles? Like, aren't you just driving your traffic to your sales page. I'm like, no, I want to give something away. I want them to read an article and say, wow, she's really an expert at that. Um, and that that's something that works. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. Like it's about kind of giving value, right? And like showing impact and how like you can bring value to the person looking at that ad as opposed to being like, hire me, which isn't quite as impactful. Right, yeah. Like I said, people, people find, find that counterintuitive, but if you think about it, like, would you buy something from an ad that just says, buy my services? Like we don't, like that's essentially the same as someone knocking on your door and trying oh, to yes. sell you something that you're not interested in. <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> it's invasive in my opinion. Yeah, totally. So how would you recommend someone get started with Facebook ads? Like I hear a lot that it's like difficult to learn and you know, there's this big learning curve and like, where do I start? How do I know my ads working um, for like a designer? Let's say someone who's freelancing, trying to get more clients. Um, how, how would you recommend they get started in this area? To be honest, you are actually correct. Uh, Facebook advertising has, or Facebook ads as a platform has become complex over the years because they want to be more powerful and they are incredibly powerful. In my opinion, I have tried Reddit ads, Twitter ads, uh, Pinterest ads, everything. And Facebook advertising really doesn't come close to anything else because uh, it's so advanced, which is a good thing. At the same time, it presents like there's this learning curve that everyone goes through. However, with that in mind, to set up a campaign that would essentially drive leads isn't that hard. Um, so there, there are things that you can take and that are really that difficult. For example, the first thing that I would recommend, even if you're not looking into um, launching your first campaign tomorrow, I would recommend implementing a Facebook pixel to your landing page. So a Facebook pixel will allow you to retarget all of your website traffic with Facebook ads but you can implement it to your web page today, 
because it'll collect all that data. It'll start collecting all of that data today and you'll be able to utilize that data, I don't know, in three months when you decide, well, now I'm ready to do Facebook advertising. Um, so that's one of the first things that I would recommend. Even if you're not looking, even if you're just playing with the idea of Facebook ads, uh, it costs you absolutely nothing to have that Facebook pixel implemented on your page. So that would be the first thing. And then what I typically recommend is some sort of a two-step funnel that's really easy to implement. First of all, it starts with a traffic ad. What you need is just some sort of a blog post, some sort of a value piece that you can drive traffic to. Typically, that's a blog post that's most popular, that people read the most because that means that they're genuinely organically already interested in that topic. So you would start with that, driving traffic to that page, and then retargeting all of that traffic. That would be the second campaign, retargeting all of that traffic with some sort of a lead ad or a call to action for people to sign up for your newsletter or a short um, email sequence or something like that. So again, to give some sort of value back, but then at the same time, get their email so you can stay in contact with them. So that's typically, if you want a really easy start, that's a really easy two-step funnel to implement. That makes sense to me. So it's like you are using ads to promote a piece of content. And then with the Facebook pixel that's on your site, you can tell who viewed that content to then send them the like second step in the funnel, right? Correct. Yeah. Cool. It's really easy. <laughs> yeah. I love, like, I would never have thought to do that. Like you make it sound so simple, but it's so strategic too. Like this thought of like the funnel and like retargeting is obviously like that sounds super smart and obvious but I never would have thought to do it that way so I think it's really insightful same it's something that like I've worked on marketing teams and tech companies for a long time so I know this stuff exists and like <laughs> it's the sort of thing we do for work but I never would have thought about doing it you know back when I was freelancing I wouldn't have thought of using it for that reason but it makes so much sense yeah and that that's the type of feedback that I frequently get like I know this exists and I've implemented it or I've been a part of that with a client that I was working with, but I never thought about doing it myself. And I don't know why, like we need to, like us as service providers, um, as consultants, we need to start doing the things that we're doing for our clients and taking ourselves seriously and taking our, our business seriously. So if you're implementing a funnel to your client and that funnel works, why not do it for yourself? So the same things that work for your client will typically work for you as well. What about the targeting with Facebook ads? Because I feel like this is where I would possibly get very confused because you don't just want to send it out to everybody and anybody, right? Because that could be a waste of money that, I don't know, you might be getting people clicking who aren't actually the type of person who could uh, hire your services. What could be some indicators or things designers should look out for in targeting to, to choose people who might actually need design services? Yeah, that's a really good question. When it comes to Facebook targeting, it, like it, it can get really creepy. So they they collect a lot of data, uh, which means like on the plus side, that's data that you can like take advantage of, so to speak, as well. Uh, so you can target business owners, for example, and that's a behavior that you can target. So Facebook based on someone's behavior, based on their job description, they know if they're an owners of a business or, or if they're just regular employees 
So that's something to take advantage of. And now like we're speaking for the top of the funnel. Uh, we're speaking for that traffic campaign that, campaign that I mentioned because like at the second step of the funnel, you'll be doing retargeting. So what we need to now do for the top of the funnel is get qualified leads in. Like you said, you don't want to target everyone. So there are a couple of options that you can do. First of all, what I recommend starting with if there is an option that you can start with that. So if you have either a, a Facebook pixel that you have already implemented and it had collected data from your web page visitors, what you can do is you can create an audience out of those people who have visited your web page, which is essentially an audience that is interested in what you offer. And you can build, Facebook calls it a lookalike audience out of that audience. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so what that does is what Facebook will do is they will take that audience that you implemented, which means they will take that audience of people who visited your web page and they will analyze that audience. They will look for common interests. They'll look for common demographic data. Where are they coming from? Are they typically, um, let's say, from 25 to 35 year old, maybe older, younger, whatever. So they'll look for that commonalities in the audience and they will build a brand new audience that is similar to that particular audience. So that is, in my opinion, the best way to start because it eliminates any kind of guesswork that you'd be doing, thinking about like, who is my target audience? Are they uh, corporate business owners, small business? Like, what should I do here? If that fails and if you do not have Facebook pixel implemented that you can create a lookalike audience from, you can do another thing. So if you have an email list of people, um, at least 100 people, and those 100 people are essentially your target audience or similar to your target audience, you can also upload that email list to Facebook and create a lookalike audience out of it. Interesting. So again, very, yeah, very similar approach. It's just not, you're not doing it with a Facebook pixel, but instead you're doing it with an email list that you already own somehow. If that's still not a possibility because you don't have a Facebook pixel that you could drive data from, if you don't have an email list, as a next step, what I recommend is maybe looking and analyzing your competitors or big companies with the same target audience than you have, that you have. You can first target those people if they're big enough with Facebook ads. For example, let's say a consultant that has a similar target audience that I do, he is called John Loomer. So his name is John Loomer. He has a, like, he's an expert at Facebook advertising. I love him. Um, he has the same target audience that I do. And he is actually in Facebook ads when it comes to targeting. You have like this box where you can start typing interests in. And if I type his name, it, he pops up as an interest. And I can click that interest and essentially target people who expressed interest in him and his brand. So that's something that you can do. I can also go into a tool that's called Audience Insights, and that's a tool that Facebook offers. And I can look for John Loomer and I can put him as an interest and then Facebook will take his audience and actually analyze it for me. And they'll let me know. So mostly uh, his fans are mostly from 25 to 45 years old. Here are the top 10 pages that his fans like. And I'll be analyzing his audience and take that data and use it as an audience builder. 
Um, so those are kind of the approaches that I typically take. There's also an old school approach that you can do, which is customer interviews and talk to your clients, um, essentially get to know them a little bit better. They, you ask them what they're interested in, what they typically read, what kind of online publications they read. And then you use those online publications to build your audience, essentially. So those are kind of the several approaches. <laughs> now that was Whoa. a knowledge dump. So many wow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as she was as she was saying all this, I'm like, okay, I bet the Moitza has some sort of like blog post about this or whatever that we need to be linking in the show notes so that people can sort of like work through it. Let's make sure we make that happen. Um, as you've been talking, I started thinking about, um, wow, there's two things I want to bring up. Number one, when we talk about Facebook ads, and this is probably going to sound really basic and stupid, we are talking about Facebook and Instagram, right? Correct. Like they work together Correct. as a platform. Correct, yeah. yeah. So Facebook, Facebook bought Instagram a couple of years ago, and since they did that, they merged the advertising into one platform. So whenever you're advertising with Facebook ads, you have an option of choosing where you're going to be advertising on and you can choose Instagram as well. Um, so I typically recommend to go with the automated settings, which means that if you use an automated settings, Facebook will then optimize your ads based on how your ads are performing on a given platform. So if they're performing better on Instagram, they'll push your ads or spend more of your budget on Instagram. If they perform better on Facebook, they'll promote it more on Facebook. That makes sense because I feel like I, even though they're the same company, me personally, I'm like, I'm not interested in advertising on Facebook. I feel like that's not where my audience is, but they're absolutely on Instagram, you know, for sure. Yeah. So I've got to like, you know, get over that in my brain. The other thing that I wanted to ask you, and maybe we can touch on this a little bit too, is we've got a lot of designers listening to this who are in a similar position to Femke and I, where maybe they're not like freelancing isn't the thing they're looking to do, but they're content creators, they're making things and like wanting to get out there. I'm starting to think like, okay, how could I use Instagram ads to like get my content out there more, maybe sell more copies of my font that I made earlier this year. Um, I'm gonna be working on a book, like, I don't know, maybe I should be thinking about it for that too. What do you think? <laughs> oh, for sure. So. I'm personally a content creator as well. <laughs> so I have, I have a couple of eBooks. I have a video course. Uh, I'm promoting webinars and whenever I I'm doing any kind of promotion or sales or anything like that, if I'm trying to generate more purchases, I'm going to use Facebook ads for that. So the first thing that I would definitely recommend again is to implement a Facebook pixel onto your sales page because the easiest way to generate more sales is to retarget people who visit that uh, landing page, maybe add your product to their cart, but never purchase. Those are the people that are really highly qualified and it's incredibly easy to retarget them on Facebook. You just create an audience out of those people and then show them the product again on Facebook, on Instagram, and like, I, I bet that you're going to get a couple of sales more like in their, every single month if you do that kind of approach. If, if you're looking on a, on a bigger scale, like what could you do? I again recommend following some sort of a funnel. I typically, again, start with a traffic ad that maybe drives traffic to a landing page, drives traffic to a blog post, again, just to establish some sort of a relationship with my target audience. The thing that you need to keep in mind is that the blog posts that you are promoting the piece of content that you want to promote needs to be a piece of content that that particular target audience is interested in. For example, if I'm trying to get more clients, 
I'm going to promote different types of content than I would be if I'm trying to sell more pieces of my book or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm going to use a different kind of blog post when it comes to promoting and you need to keep that in mind. But again, it all comes down to the funnel. So first traffic, then I typically lead in with some sort of a lead magnet, um, something that I give them for free. And then what I do is when they, let's say, download that lead magnet, either that's a free chapter of my book or a short email sequence, a short email course about something, um, what I then do is I have an email sequence when they enter that lead magnet. I have an email sequence that starts with, you know, providing lots of value. And then as the email sequence is ending, I'm kind of starting to pitch them on a product. And I have, let's say, two to three emails where I'm saying, hey, here's my font. Hey, here's this book on design. Here's, I don't know, 10% off of that book for the last email, let's say. And then what I do is I support that pitch on Facebook as well. So I retarget people who have viewed that newsletter, that automation, who have clicked on the product with 10% off and I show them an ad on Facebook again. So not only are they seeing their, my, my content in their inbox, they're also seeing it on Facebook. They're seeing it on Instagram. So if they see it, if they read it from my newsletter and forget about it, they're going to be reminded of it again on Facebook and again on Instagram. So I'm just kind of strengthening that pitch a little bit more. Um, and that's what I find typically works with, let's say, content creators, uh, people who um, create fonts like you do, uh, designers who write books uh, or create anything else. So um, that's kind of the process that I typically follow. Wow, that totally makes sense. Now I'm thinking about like all the ads I've seen on Instagram from like websites I've visited. And I'm like, how do they know I was looking at these shoes? And of course I always end up buying the shoes. So yeah, it there works. You go. <laughs> I bought an iPad Pro recently with like the Apple nice. Pencil because I'm trying to uh, trying to learn Procreate. I always wanted to learn how to draw. Yay, uh, Procreate. Yeah, awesome. I, I saw that you have, uh, like you posted some sort of video, I think, or was it an Instagram Live? Yeah, I use it for my YouTube thumbnails. Oh, nice. Okay, so I'm trying to learn how to do that because I'm really, I'm really bad at drawing and I want to become better. Um, so I'm following this creator um, online. He's really good at Procreate, but I can't remember. Gal something. Anyway, he's selling this online tool called Pose. And it essentially, like, you have this person um, and you can, like, you can move the limbs around and you, you, oh. you get, like, an outline of a person, which makes it easier for you to draw it on, like, let's say, sitting on a chair or the being on a boat or something like that. So it makes it easier for you to draw an actual human being, which is for me, just a really hard thing to do personally. Um, for me so, too, for me yeah. too. Yeah, so there you go. So for example, I'm following him on Twitter and he, when he created this, this tool, which is a pay tool, it's like, I don't know, I think it's 10 bucks. He promoted it on Twitter first. I clicked on it and I was like, oh God, when I buy the iPad Pro, I seriously need to get this. I closed it. Immediately after, I saw his ads on Facebook. I saw his ads on Instagram. So as soon as I bought an iPad Pro, I kind of forgot about it. But then I opened my Facebook again and I was like, there we go. And I bought it immediately. So again, just reinforcing that through Facebook ads, just remind, it's, it's nothing but just reminding people, hey, mm. you were looking at this product. 
in case you forgot, here it is again. Maybe add a discount on top of it if you're, let's say if it's Black Friday or you're trying to close more sales. Um, so th those are kind of the things that you can do to drive more sales, selling products, selling uh, fonts, uh, it, like design products that I just mentioned. Um, and it's really easy to implement. Yeah, I really like this approach because it's super intentional. Like I think there's like this assumption that like ads is really like not personal and you're just like blasting it out to all these people yeah. but what you're talking about is like intentionally kind of retargeting and so the intent to buy is a lot higher and like it's actually something that they've shown interest in so charlie i think like there's huge opportunity for you to do this with your font definitely and i think that also it kind of i don't know makes me feel like better as an individual the way you're framing it as reminding people of it right like you're not forcing it on them but like i'm sure there is a lot of people who open an email and are like oh i'm interested in that and then promptly forget about it how many times has that happened to me you know i do that all the freaking time yeah um where there's something i truly mean to buy but like maybe i'm on my phone and i want to do it on my computer or whatever and then you forget and yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i always say that advertising is yucky when you're pitching things to people that don't care about it right so mm. but but if you're genuinely pitching your product to people who have already expressed their interest and like I said you're just reminding them that they were looking at this product and maybe forgot about it that what eliminates that kind of yuckiness from marketing uh, and again you're establishing a relationship with your customer you're not just blasting um, your ad and showing them hey here's this buy this um, so it's, it's essentially, like I said, establishing some sort of a relationship, reminding them that they have been looking at this product and it's relevant for them. If they've been looking at it, they, they were interested in that. And that's what, like, for me, I, I get it when people say, I, I don't like Facebook ads because I'm seeing things that I'm not interested in. I wouldn't like Facebook ads if I were seeing things that I'm not interested in. But if I see things if I see creators that remind me of products that I was actually looking at and I forgot to purchase it because I was distracted by something, then like when that happens, I don't mind Facebook ads. I'd like to be reminded of things that I forgot about. Totally. And I think as designers, we can do like, I don't know, some ads don't have the best design to them, you know? So like <laughs> we could probably stand out in the feed by designing some really nice looking ads. Yeah. And that could be really cool. That's something that I also wanted to emphasize. Oh my God. Whenever I get a client and they're like, our ads are not working. Like the amount of times that it was just because the ads sucked. Like they, <laughs> they were horrible looking. Knowing that your designers, that designers listen to this, I can tell you that you have a lot of advantage over many businesses that advertise on Facebook. The visuals really do matter. It does, like, if I'm seeing a horribly designed Facebook ad, I'm going to scroll past it. I'm not even going to notice there's an ad there. But if I see an ad that's beautiful looking, and I can tell you from experience that everyone does that, not just people that like looking at good designs, uh, but everyone, they, they, they like seeing really neatly designed visuals on Facebook. Uh, so it's indifferent to an industry. Uh, and like I said, as designers, wow, like the advantage you have there. I, I tell you what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try running some ads for my font and I'm going to report back in a future episode about how it goes. How yes. about that? Like, let's do it. That is so cool. <laughs> I have some more questions for you because there's like a lot going on in my head. Uh, I know we're running long, but stay listening, people. This is good stuff. 
I have talked about doing ads in the past, like thinking, okay, should I, like, could I utilize Instagram ads to be promoting my content, getting more viewers onto YouTube for it, that sort of thing. And someone told me that I shouldn't bother doing that. I should instead just focus on my like Instagram page more itself. So I'm curious to hear from you, what level do you need either your Facebook page or your Instagram page to be at for ads to be successful? Does it play into it at all? I can tell you from personal experience. I think it was a year ago uh, that I was working, a year ago or a year and a half ago, that I was working with Egghead. So um, Egghead is essentially, it's a platform um, a learning platform for developers. So you have like these tiny, uh, short, short videos, uh, and you can learn different programming languages, um, on Egghead. So I was working with them because they were, they had, they were having this sale, um, you know, trying to promote more, more of the, more of their videos. And what we did with Facebook ads, uh, we just, they, they also had an Instagram presence, but it really wasn't that good. <laughs> so it's just a couple of posts that were years old, they weren't really refreshing that. So what we did is when we created a Facebook advertising campaign, we decided to go with automatic placements, which means again, to remind everyone, Facebook will determine, Facebook will show our ads on all of the platforms available, including Instagram, and then based on their performance, they will decide where to push more budget to, in which direction. So our estimate um, was we're probably, if we're going to sell anything, we're going to sell it through Facebook. Developers, they're not the kind of people that would really look at Instagram. That was kind of what we were thinking that was happening. And when we started to get first sales, we looked at that and noticed that all of them were coming from Instagram. Wow. Mm, and that was, to us, it was very surprising. First of all, we were happy that we went with automatic placements because we would never yeah. have guessed that. <laughs> Second of all, if it proved that it really doesn't matter like at what level your Instagram presence is. However, what I'm a firm believer in is that all of your marketing needs to work hand in hand. So when I'm when I'm when I was previously telling about the funnel that I typically take, you could list you could hear that all of the marketing like it works hand in hand. So we promote traffic, which goes to your landing page. So you need to have mm -hmm. a content piece there. Right. Then we promote a lead magnet, which drives people to, let's say, uh, your newsletter. And then we support that pitch in the third step. Um, once they see an email pitching, you pitching that product, we support that with Facebook ads. So it all works hand in hand. So my answer to your question would be, it doesn't matter the, the level where your Instagram profile is, where your Instagram presence is, it doesn't matter, but it is definitely better if you have established, let's say some sort of a feed where you showcase, showcase your knowledge, like you have several new posts on there, people can scroll through those posts, get to know you a little bit better, follow you online, follow your work online. So that will contribute to improving those results, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it will definitely be better if you can make that happen. Right, so it's like not a must have, but it's a Good nice to have. To have. Yeah. And mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, and will make things better for yeah. you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you ever get, because one of the, a concern I have about advertising myself on, on Facebook and Instagram is the comments, honestly. <laughs> like just, I don't know, people see an ad and they don't 
see a person being behind it because usually it is a company, you know, so that's fair enough. Have you ever experienced, I don't know, a level of of hate or, you know, criticism for advertising your own services on Facebook and Instagram? Yes, absolutely. Oh, um, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> so what, what I always keep in mind is like even if if my targeting is spot on and I'm trying to eliminate all the bad apples, every once in a while you'll get a person that just hates on what you do, um, like leaves mean comments. I personally, what I do is I just block them, delete the comment, and that's it. I don't ever take anything personally. Whenever they're, like, I get sometimes people commenting, like, who do you think you are promoting this to me, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm -hmm. I don't take it personally. I just go in there, delete the comment or hide the comment and leave it as it is. So you can always do that. Back when Facebook advertising was starting, people were saying, you have to leave all the comments uh, in there. So, like, there's conversation below, the, below your post. Like, we have come to a point where, where you have people that are just hating on you for absolutely no reason. They don't know you. They don't know who you are. Even if they know you, they'll just be hating on you for absolutely no reason. Don't feel bad about that. Just delete the comment and move on. So absolutely, I do get those people, but I, I don't care. I just delete the comment and continue. <laughs> I love that. That sounds like my approach to regular yeah. content and comments on that as well. So yeah, to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's my platform is my page. I can do whatever I want. Totally. If, if there's someone who offers, let's say some genuine thoughts saying, Hey, I, I love these services, but you haven't spoken about this and that. I feel like you're not catering. To, like if there's a genuine concern, if there's genuine feedback, absolutely. I'm going to answer it in the comment, address it. But if like we can see those comments, those really hateful comments, you can spot them from a distance. If they have nothing better to say and they're just hating on you, delete it and move on. Yeah, I guess that's yeah one thing that's maybe also been holding me back is like when I post something to my audience, they're people who have chosen to follow me. And without a doubt, there's people who find the videos or whatever that are then going to hate. But I feel like in advertising them, I'm sort of like asking for more of it. I'm like asking for more strangers to come into it. So yeah, that's been a concern. You know how you need to think about it. Whenever, whenever someone is commenting, even if they're leaving hateful messages, it's actually contributing to your engagement score. True. So if, if, they're, if they're commenting, Facebook is, oh, wow, people are engaging with this content and they actually improve your performance automatically. So they will show your ad to more people. So if you think in that terms, I mean, cool, go ahead and comment. You're going to hide that comment. Um, but Facebook will still improve your, um, how, how they call it, optimization score. So. Okay, great. Thank you, haters. <laughs> Just don't tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's hope none of the haters are listening to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, like, maybe we can sort of start wrapping up with um, this question that I have, which is, in your mind, like, what do you think makes a good ad and what do you think makes a bad ad? Really good question. A bad ad, going, going back to, like, just your promotion, um, a bad ad is, let's say an ad, you're reading an ad and you're like, I don't know who he or she is talking to. 
Um, so is this meant for me? Like you don't recognize yourself as the end customer. You feel uh, like this ad was yeah. created for a general public, not specifically right. addressing a type of customer. That's a bad ad in, in my opinion. A good ad is an ad that first of all uses not uh, extremely promotional language, but a natural language trying to connect with the end customer. I use very long form ads typically a few paragraphs even, I tell oh. a story um, a sto because stories are engaging. So let's say I start uh, by addressing a problem. I talk about my story. I, I talk about how I, how I solved a specific problem. And then at the end, there's like a short pitch. So a good ad is an ad that tells a story, an ad that is specific to a particular customer, to a particular um, end client, someone who is viewing an ad to a specific target audience. That's a good ad that will resonate with people, not a generalist approach uh, where you read an ad and you're like, who is this for? Yeah. I feel like I get a lot of those on Instagram, actually, like a lot of these kind of like CPG ads where it's like Coca-Cola or something. And it feels so like irrelevant. And so like, right, it's, it's not personable at all. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a great tip and something that I think I'll think about as well. If and when I venture into this kind of ad space, like how to make those super relevant um, and recent for my audience. Yeah. And another thing that will happen when you when you use let's say a copy that talks to a specific type of customer, you're already qualifying those customers. So someone who will not be able to relate to your message will not click on it, will just scroll past it and that's okay. But yeah. someone who is genuinely interested will actually click on it and you'll be already doing a little bit of qualifying with your target audience. Totally. And then you won't be paying to retarget the people who aren't actually interested. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. I love it. That makes total sense. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us, Moitza. I feel like we just got a free consulting session, <laughs> so I'm really grateful to you for sharing everything here. I loved it. You, like, you had some really, really good questions, uh, so I really enjoyed this conversation. And, like, if you ever do any kind of Facebook advertising and you're just stuck, just, you know, let me know. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, actually, on that note, like, where can people find you online and where can people reach you? In the fashion that I was just talking about promoting promoting content and valuable pieces, you can find a lot of my blog posts where I talk about you know how to qualify an audience, how to build a sales funnel, etc. You can find a lot of that free content on superspicymedia.com. Um, so if you're looking specifically to go to that content, you have superspicymedia.com/articles. Um, so like I said. You know, we have everything from sales funnels, target audiences, and so on. Uh, but if you're interested in more in-depth Facebook advertising and you're trying to learn more, you can go to thescienceoffacebookads.com, which is a short, well, short, it's a nine-hour video course. <laughs> <laughs> can be done in a day. <laughs> uh, but there are, there are some free videos available on there as well, uh, so you can browse through them. For example, one of the most popular videos is how do you know the cost per lead that you should aim for. Um, and I have included a formula for calculating that cost per lead based on your um, specific business. So uh, that's available on the science of Facebook as.com. I'm definitely gonna go check that out. That was something that I was thinking about asking about, but I thought it might open us up a whole new can of worms and we'd end up talking for another hour. So <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, ha I have that on there. So, and if you have any questions, you know where to find me. Thank you so much. Yeah, and maybe maybe a short call to action for everyone. If like, I know that this wasn't a lot of like knowledge just 
dumped on you all. Um, so if anyone has any specific questions, I, I really like helping people genuinely. And I respond to everyone that emails me. So moitsa uh, at superspicymedia.com is my email. So if anyone gets, gets stuck at creating a campaign, make sure to reach out and I can always record a short video just guiding you through the process. That's so kind. What a lovely offer. We'll, we'll put all those links and where to find Moitza on, on social media as well in the show notes. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. It was really fun to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to listen to more episodes of Design Life, you can go to designlife.fm. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at designlife.fm over there as well. And if you would like to support the show financially, if that's a thing that feels <laughs> available to you at the moment, then you can join our Patreon. We are patreon.com slash design life. Wait, is it design life or design life FM? We'll I, link it in the show notes. One of the two. We'll link it. <laughs> one we'll link of the two. <laughs> we have a Slack community filled with designers who are discussing topics about, well, yeah, promoting their services, how to get more clients, their freelance work, all, all that sort of thing. So we'd love to have you in there. Thanks for the chat, everybody. Awesome. Talk to you next week, Charlie. Bye. Bye.